0: going on ladies and gentlemen you are tuned to the newest edition of the, Punch of the podcast i am your co-host Dale Lippen. in here with a man that needs no subtitles he needs no introduction trey van buster <laughs> <laughs> nope
1: just a red blooded american with a buttoned up to the top of my gills hawaiian shirt
0: and it fits it fits you so well i could not wear a shirt like that with that top button uh all choloed out like that
1: no you couldn't your roles would just consume the outside of the collar. The good thing is your beard kind of covers up half your neck, so you got that old (laughs) neck beard thing going.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, hold on a second. First, you said I have neck rolls. Second of all, you (laughs) said I have a neck beard. That is not the case at all. Fighting words. My my neck, while thick, is not rolled, and while (laughs) my beard is luxurious and thick and not on my neck at all true. whatsoever. Um, True. Yeah. If you're going to come with the king, you best not miss. I'm coming at me with some roly <laughs> neck. I
1: was just trying to get a rise out of you. just trying to get a I rise know. out well, of you.
0: You're, you're throwing me off my game, first thing. Uh, I don't know how to respond now, so thank you for that. Uh, I already feel bad enough, as it is, because I am uh, about four weeks post haircut. This Quarantine is now cutting into my haircut schedule. I feel like a homeless person. Uh, shout out to all the homeless people that listen to our show. Um, I'm <laughs> you, I do not... This is like the worst version of myself. I feel terrible right now.
1: Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. You know what doesn't look terrible though, is a What's nice that? grade A farm to table steak.
0: Mm, mm. I would agree with that. I'd agree with that. Anytime you have a good piece of meat in front of you, uh, whether you you know whether it's whether it's a ribeye or a tri tip or some chicken thighs, like you were well, having chicken thigh Thursday last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, State Classy Meats always delivers and you know you got that stimulus check. There's no better time to go ahead and put some of that money to good use, support American run, operated businesses, uh, and you know, just recycle that money back into the economy the way Donnie Trump intended. Just roll that back in, give our buddies a shout at stakeclassemeats.com. Use promo code FIST, get 10% off your entire thing. Trey, you did an unboxing video. What was what what was when you got that and you opened it up, what was your favorite thing that you saw was in that, that box?
1: Well, first off, I, I called it Chicken Thigh Thursday, which has since then gone viral. Things run rampant. That's yeah, a term sure. that's now it's a staple in any type of meat lovers arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. The one thing that is disappointing me about about state classy meats, I think they need a warning label on their sausages because they are juicy as fuck. And you could literally yeah. cut into those bad boys and you've got to wear goggles because the juice just go. Kachow! You got to be yeah, got to be a little sure. bit aware. But um it's true. yeah, I opened up some some chicken sausage. I did a little bit of that as an appetizer, some Dijon mustard for my French mm-hmm. friends. And uh yeah, coupled that with a nice little uh pork uh ribeye steak and it was uh it was pretty delicious.
0: Yeah, I like I'm, listen, their pork chops are fantastic, their ribeye steaks are great as well. Um yeah, I, I'm just a big fan of everything that they send my way. I was I was telling Scott uh our contact steak classy the other day that just Anytime I get a tri tip and I throw that thing on the Traeger, it doesn't even make it off the cutting board. I mean it's just I bring it I in the it. house and as I'm as I'm cutting it, the wife, the kids, they're all just grabbing it. You just can't can't get in the oh, boat. Yeah. But it's great. All right. But well, you did something different this time. Before we started the show, you were on Instagram Live. Um uh, yep. we debuted debuted rather the booze corner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So in the booze corner, uh, with Trey. One of a new segment we're going to start running before our shows where we're going to highlight different brews and or cocktails that we're drinking prior to the show. And you went with what this time?
1: So this is the thing. This whole thing started with the thought process of, guys, just like a fighter, you got to come prepared when you're buying your pay-per-view card. And the whole thing is you need to come prepared with a cooler of beer, but you don't want to bring some shitty... Modelo Especial or some Bud Light. No, you got to come with, don't give me those eyes. We are a craft brew. You're better than that. You're better than that, Dale. Well, what I debuted this evening on what we're calling the Booze Corner is a beer by Kona Brewing Company, hence the Hawaiian shirt. Not really that I needed a reason to wear a Hawaiian shirt, but I had the Longboard Lager from them, and boy, was it sweet. It's one of those beers where you could be lying on Fight Island you could be next to Dana White and his nice, beautiful, bald, tan head, pouring back about fifty of these longboard loggers from Kona Brewing, and just sending yourself off into the complete abyss of beauty.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I've had the longboard logger before. That's a nationwide selection; you can get that just about anywhere. I've had that before, <laughs> yeah, um, and, and it's it's a decent it's a decent brew. I, I'm not I'm not mad at it. It's not my favorite. Um, and I will say this: If I'm day drinking, like you're talking about, I'm not day drinking the longboard Lager. I will be day drinking Corona and Modelo Especial. It bums me out that you're t- that you're coming at my my Mexican beers. You know how I feel about my Mexican beers, and you're just coming at me with this. You're you just been aiming at. You just been. Da, 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 da. you're firing shots all day. Nah, time.
1: I just I don't like to support beers that, you know, are sponsored by our friend the nose Ariel Hawani show. You know, he keeps he can have Modelo Especial. I want the liquid aloha that is Kona Brewing Company.
0: I understand. I did not realize that uh, Ariel Hawani's show was sponsored by Modelo.
1: Yeah, didn't do your due diligence there.
0: I will cease purchasing all Modelo from here on Thank out. You. Good man. And I, I want to put this to to, to like to rest real quick. Ben Askren will destroy Ariel Helwani in any sort of boxing-only, stand-up-only fight. This whole, like, debate where people are trying to hype this up online, Ben Askren will destroy him. Like, that's not even—it's not even close.
1: Not even close. I think if you just let Ben Askren do spinning back fist only, he would still win.
0: I would agree with that. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, Yeah.
0: All right. So let's hop into this, man. UFC 249 rescheduled May 9th. Um, There was some initial confusion with the way the UFC did their press releases and the way it was worded, where they were talking about the next four events canceled. Um, That was retroactive to the previous four events, up to and including the UFC 249 card that met its demise. What we thought was going to be UFC 250, wrong. They're just rebranding that and calling it UFC 249. Scheduled to take place somewhere in the great state of Florida, Um, on May 9th, and it's weird and serendipitous that it's taking place in Florida, because you and I spent a lot of last episode talking about the state of Florida, in particular, Fort Lauderdale.
1: It's the only place that human cockfighting can thrive, Dale.
0: That is true. It is true. Sports have been deemed essential, Uh, so with the the lax, uh, or the relaxation that we're seeing, rather, with the COVID-19 virus, Florida has deemed professional sports as an essential function and they will allow the ufc to take place however it does appear that this will still be a fan free event
1: fan free and top secret event so the plan is they're actually going to fly all the fighters into jacksonville airport and from there they're going to take the fighters unbeknownst to them to a location that is top secret that actually could be utilized for a WWE event as well. So, this will be a fan fight. This will be a top secret place that they won't know, that let the public know about. Um, obviously, for the fighter safety, but also for crowds of people surrounding whatever venue is of choosing.
0: You know where this is going to happen, right? No. Disney.
1: Oh. 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 oh.
0: Yeah. They're going to do it at Disney. It's got the hotel accommodations. There's nobody in the park right now because it's closed down, and it's got all the facilities necessary to house the fight.
1: They're going to do it. it. They're going to do it at Disney. The top of the Matterhorn, just freaking badass.
0: No, they're going to do it. They'll probably do it in the Epcot, but yeah, they're going to do it at Disney.
1: Wow. I can I can totally see that. I, I. I can see why they wouldn't want to market that as well. They do not want a cross promotion between the UFC and a Disney-like image, though. I will. Right. I will say that.
0: But Disney and ESPN are gigantic shareholders in the UFC. The television deal through ESPN, who's owned by Disney, Disney located in Florida.
1: Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> wow! All right, I'm excited. Yeah, I like it. I like yeah, it.
0: Time stamp this. Time stamp this. Uh 910 PM Eastern on four twenty-one. I'm saying this. This has not been announced anywhere yet. I'm not claiming to break news. But those of you that listen to the show and watch our videos on YouTube and all podcast platforms, you will know Tuesday, four twenty-one, nine ten PM, I'm calling it. They're gonna do it at Disney.
1: Wow. I love it. Yeah. Now my biggest question is, will the event actually happen? I I don't doubt that they're going to announce the venue, or they like I said they won't announce the venue, but I imagine we'll get fairly close. But we've already seen some fights fall out. We saw Manny Nunez and the Felicia Spencer fight fall out a, a day ago.
0: Yeah,
1: where's your confidence in regards to the card and totality? Now I know you have odds, so we're getting closer, but I just don't know if this card's actually going to come to fruition.
0: You know, there's. I think Bryce Mitchell posted on Instagram today that there was about agreement signed. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw Nico Price say the same thing at some point. So it appears that, you know, a lot of these pieces are falling into place. Um, I would imagine just about everybody under the sun has some sort of hush order that's, or, you know, uh, do not disclose agreement um, or non-disclosure agreement, rather, uh, that, that's been sent their way. I would I would go ahead and say that most of these Florida based fighters uh, will be on that card um, whether they're fighting those opponents that we have initially set up for them I don't know but the Florida-based fighters will be there so Nico price is gonna be on there uh, Jacques array is gonna be on there Greg Hardy will be on there uh, uh, what who else is on there I um, no cuz he he changed camps. So at least those will at least those guys will be will be fighting on that card.
1: I like it. I like it. So the odds, you know, I feel like we've talked about this. You know, we we checked the odds in association of these fights 2 weeks ago in one of our episodes. I briefly glanced at them as of recently and they changed even more drastically. There was a lot of fights that were we thought Vegas had it way wrong. Um for instance, like the Uriah Hall, Jacare Sousa fight, you know, we thought Uriah was coming in too much of an underdog. We thought that would get closer. How are those lines looking right now?
0: I, I Honestly, if we had a bat signal to shine up in the sky to let people know that something amazing is happening, this is the time to shine the bat signal. <laughs> so for, for the tentative agreement between Anthony Pettis and Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Anthony Pettis is a minus one twenty-five favorite over Cowboy. I'm not telling you to leverage your house on this, but I'm also <laughs> not not telling you to leverage your house on this. Anthony Pettis is going to thump Cowboy surrounding. Wow! He's gonna he's gonna thump him, especially if it happens at one seventy. And I, like I see it. you making the cringy face like you're not entirely sure. But I want you to—I want you to remind the viewers what is one thing that notoriously puts Cowboy Cerrone away time and time again.
1: Leg kicks to the body.
0: And body. Yep, that's right. The body shot. And what is Anthony Pettis going to do?
1: Yep. Same Lay thing that he, the
0: same thing that made him successful last time. He's going to brutalize that body with kicks. Yep. Anthony Pettis has not gotten any slower. Right. Um, his gas tank has maybe has gotten a little bit, little you know, uh, run out a little bit. But he hasn't gotten any slower. He's still just as fast as he ever was. Um, maybe not as durable as he used to be, but he's just as fast as he's ever been. And I'm telling you, Cowboy, who is slower than he's ever been, yeah. is going to get crushed in this fight. Minus 125, Anthony Pettis. I'm shining the bat signal, the money signal, the fistful of cash microphone with the thing i'm just yeah it's in the sky dude minus 125 i love it
1: the only reason i'm cringing my face is because i feel like i love cowboy so much but he's just not going to do what he needs to do anthony pettis starts off extremely fast cowboy starts off extremely slow he has to watch out for those body kicks you know those punches to to the gut but is he really going to change his game plan that he's had for the past 15 years? Probably not, especially on a short notice fight like this. It just sucks, man.
0: Yeah. And, he, and you know, here's the thing, these guys are headed in two opposite directions. Like we talked about with Cowboy last episode, Cowboy's at the point where he faces adversity and he checks out. Anthony Pettis realizes the only way he's going to the only way he's going to carve a niche out or a niche out in the in the UFC at this point is to be that fan-friendly fighter. So when he took the Tony Ferguson fight, he was like, blood and guts, I want war. And everybody's like, Anthony Pettis does not want war. But what did he do? He went in there, he got busted up, and he embraced it. Same thing with his last fight, right, with the Diaz fight. He was just like, I'm going out there, and I'm going to kill him, or he's going to kill me. And he definitely tried to do exactly that. So Anthony Pettis is leaning into this idea of, of by hook or by crook, I'm going to try to win and put on a friendly fight. And cowboy's just happy to be there at this point. I, I, everything in my being says huge bet on Anthony Pettis here.
1: Yeah, put some money, grab a Wheaties box, and live your life.
0: I'm not one to usually bet on Anthony Pettis, but I love him. And at the, at those odds, I love him at those odds. Love, 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 love. All right. Like There's still some stuff on here. Obviously, bout agreements are still pending. Um, oh, I do want to talk about this real quick. We asked the public what you and I debated about last episode, <laughs> Carlos Barza or Michelle Waterson. And real quick, do you, do you want to tell me how that poll went?
1: Erroneous. Erroneous on all counts. <laughs> yeah, so
0: so for those of you that are that are unaware, oh, um, Trey said that Carlos... It initially started by Trey saying that <laughs> Carlos Barza had great striking.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, I... I conceded that maybe Carlos Barza has decent striking, decent to good striking, but Trey remains steadfast. Uh, I then coupled that up with saying that Michelle Watterson has a great chance of winning that fight by submission, as she has sneaky submissions, to which Trey refuted. However, Michelle Watterson has four victories via submission. Carlos Barza has no victories via TKO. So we decided to put it to the public in an overwhelming, resounding majority. Yep. Went with Michelle Watterson has a better ground game than Carlos Barza does striking.
1: You know what I was going to do? Because I feel like it was very biased in association to the photos that I put up for the polls. I should have put the the image of Michelle Watterson getting triangled by Felice Herrick.
0: You could have done that.
1: I should have done that.
0: But that doesn't change the basic facts of the, the question.
1: Everything's an illusion. Everything's a perception. That's what it is.
0: Well, that's that's true. But also with with female fighters, it is very much the picture that you put up.
1: <laughs> this is true.
0: It is very very. Well, much
1: congratulations the there. Sir. Thank <laughs> you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you still owe me some a couple shots of Jameson, and I believe that you need to eat a peppermint patty as well a York peppermint patty wasn't that
1: yeah i know i gotta go to my 95 year old grandma's house to see if she has some in her in her pantry because it's the only people i know that eat them
0: i'm sure gam <laughs> i'm sure gam gam's got some you just go ahead and grab some i'll see you <laughs> ch- chopping down on those and, and, and sloshing them down with the finest nectar the gods have ever made and some jameson irish whiskey all right let's talk about this jock ray uriah hall fight um these odds have tightened up quite a bit. Jacare is at a minus one thirty. Uriah Hall is coming back at even money. I know initially a couple of weeks ago we felt pretty confident in Uriah Hall here, but with all of these things that are changing, and Uriah being a notorious head case, uh, do we think that this is affecting him at all?
1: I to put the bat signal up as well on this fight. This is a fight that I mean I and I'm I believe you have been very confident over the past three weeks. So. This is one where Uriah has to make a bit of a statement, and so does Jacare, but Jacare has been an eroding mountain for some time. And for someone that's got such unorthodox, you know, crazy type striking that Uriah Hall has, I just like him in this fight. I think that, you know, his confidence in himself is always his biggest demise, right? This is a fight where he needs to reset himself. This is one that's against a veteran. This is one that can propel him up into a high tier of that division. I like Uriah Hall in this fight. I don't think that, you know, the shifting of locations and cards and numbers and all this crap, it's it's a fragment of everyone's somewhat of imagination. At the end of the day, they have a game plan. Their training has been indifferent, but they know who the person is. They have a ton of film study on both each other. I like this fight for Uriah. If he can just stay within his lane, he can get the job done.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. He's been his own biggest enemy when it comes to this, and notoriously he has crumpled under the bright lights. Uh, but we may just be seeing him hitting that peak of confidence, and Jacare declining just enough uh, in order, you know, for your ride to get a victory here. Don't forget, you know, Jacare's coming back down from 205 um, after an unsuccessful bid there, mm-hmm. so how does he adjust you know does he immediately fall back in line with the speed uh does he fall back in line with the power um you know or or the quickness or or anything like the cardio necessary at 185 how does he do with that he looked very big at 205 um yeah he was super thick like Mm -hmm. like not i mean he's he's a giant 185 or so 205 seemed pretty like a pretty decent but he was he was cut to 205 and then water weighted up to probably closer to 220. I mean, he looked thick come fight well, night.
1: And this, this is this is a note I want to make on his 205 venture is when he fought Jan Blokovic, the interesting thing is that was the most, and we talked about, the most uneventful fight on the planet. They were both trying to feel each other out the entire fight not only are you coming off a loss, but you're coming off a lackluster loss. And while you do have a veteran status and a bunch on your resume, you still have to prove your worth in the UFC to make yourself relevant, get money fights, and you know show, you, show yourself that you can be on a main card on a pay-per-view. Right. He's going to come in and try and make a statement. And the thing is, that is a horrible thing to do against someone that's as dangerous and striking in Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall wants you to press forward, slip up, leave yourself vulnerable, and then totally capitalize on that momentum. So... I think that if Jockery has that mentality, that is a bad, bad red flag for him.
0: Okay. All right. I can get on board with this. We'll kick, like I said, we'll, we'll wait till we see what everything looks like as we get closer, what bout agreements actually get signed, mm-hmm. which ones don't, uh, because everything is so up in the air. One thing that, one fight that's been mentioned and has been thrown on these, this card repeatedly, but we don't see any activity from either one of these guys. Nobody's really talking about it. Fabrizio Verduum uh. is coming back from his steroid suspension, his USADA suspension, uh, two years away, coming back and taking on Alexi Olenek. Verdum is a huge favorite, or a pretty sizable favorite, rather. Minus 310 versus Olinics 240. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, are we... I know heavyweight is an old man's division, but are we to immediately assume that Fabrizio Verdoom is back in contention if he comes back and beats Alexei Linick?
1: No, not at all. There's no way. Alexia Linick, I mean, that guy's a slick submission guy, but you know, this is a this is a uh, what would you call this? This is a tune-up. This is all it is. It's not gonna. Not going to make or break you into the top five. It's not going to do anything really that significant. This is a tune-up fight. This is conflicting in styles. This is Fabrizio for, for Verdoom? This is his. This is his. Uh, I don't even know what to say. This. This is an easy fight for him. There's nothing else you could say to it.
0: Well, I think it's a dangerous fight in the sense that he has everything to lose here. Coming off a of Usada expen- uh, suspension, if he loses to Alexei Olenek, I, you know, depending on contractually what he's got left i mean that's grounds for dismissal i mean you, yeah. you, two years on the shelf you know a blight to the sport in the sense that you got caught cheating and then you come back and you get beat by essentially unranked heavyweight. what where what are they supposed to do with you there
1: mm. i could see that so
0: i mean what do you where do you go i mean you go to the the heavyweight retirement division at Bellator where are you, where do you where are you supposed to go from there if you lose to Alexio Linick if you're Fabricio Verdun, where who does the UFC have you fight next Maurice Green
1: mm-hmm. yeah, know, yeah like
0: who do you who do you go after there's there's really nobody the heavyweight division is so shallow that if you lose to a guy like Alexio Linick you're not a contender anymore and you've been gone you, here's the crazy part about this is i just said that Fabricio has been gone for two years and probably 70% of the people that are listening forgot that he's been gone for two years.
1: Oh yeah. Well, time flies. It's the same thing with TJ Dillashaw. People are like, Oh my God, TJ's coming back in January. Like where did that two year suspension go? That was gone in two seconds. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's so crazy how, how fast they go by, but that's the other thing. It's just, in the heavyweight division, it's such a logjam with DC and Stipe and another fight that we want to get to here, Francis Ngannou versus uh Ureno Rosenstruck. Not to mention the Alistair Overeem's of the world, the Junior dos Santos, everything is Curtis Blades, uh you know, no disrespect to Curtis Blades. Everything is logjammed at the front there. If you're Fabrizio Verdum and you're you're not in fighting. These two years have been just they've been killer to your career and momentum. You're just you're done at this point. So if you lose to Lexi Olenek it's a wrap, man.
1: Yeah, but like you said, that's the perfect thing, is it's a log jam. So the great thing is he's been out in association to a log jam. He's coming back, and there's not like there's crazy movement. If he wins, mm, he's just, he's still in the log jam. I mean, look at this um uh, Rosenstruck and Nogano fight. They're literally vying to make this an interim championship because they know whatever happens, they're waiting another year to get a fight with Steep A or DC. And, you know, both of them look like they want to vacate the belt after it. So it's going to be um, an interim belt, so to speak. Steep A doesn't look like he's going to have much longevity because of his eye. And DC has always said this trilogy fight wants to be the one that sets him out into the sunset. So they want this to be an interim fight. It helps. A, you know, clear out this log jam and people like Ferrisio Verdoom that are coming in. Hey, you're coming into a padded division where you can wait for the drain to cl- uh, unclog a little bit and then make moves. So for him, it's kind of an easy slip back into the division.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, you know, I think something else that you're bringing up that, that's crucial to keep track of is that DC has said win or lose his fight with Stipe is his last fight. Mm-hmm. And Stipe has hinted. As, as much as well with DC in that he's not sure if the risk is worth the reward from a fighting standpoint, because we're talking about vision. That was always my thing with Michael Bisping, where people were like giving Bisping a hard time about, you know, yeah. it's fighting style or coming back or whatever. And I was one of the people that thought it was really dumb for him to keep fighting after he kept suffering eye injury, eye injury after eye injury, because your vision, is nothing to play with. I mean, you know, they, they, they talk about, and this has never been more prevalent than it is now, but if you ha- you don't have anything if you don't have your health. You know, your health is the most important thing. But being able to see, man, as far as disabilities go um, or impairments, I can't imagine, you know, myself being strong enough to make that, that adjustment. You know, not being able to hear would be one thing or losing a sense of taste or smell or touch perhaps, but not being able to see, I just, I can't imagine. So if you're talking about a guy that's married and starting to have kids and doing all these things, that weighs on you in a heavy, heavy fashion. I don't, I don't think we see Stipe as the champ for much longer, even if he does win.
1: No, no. And, but I do think that when in, when in fact, you know, Stipe's number one focus right now is being a firefighter and helping with COVID victims. When in fact that trilogy comes to fruition they do the marketing we're talking like at least a half a year three quarters a year till that bout agreement even gets you know signed
0: christmas be the christmas card
1: yeah so you know that fight happens people want to take time off hopefully they both just vacate and then the division can get underway but if they if one of them decides to hey dc wins ah, i want to do one more fight man all these guys like rosenstruck nangano uh, Verdum, they're not talking about a Vying for title shot till summer 2021.
0: Yeah, I think I think the smart thing to do would actually be to make this for an interim title. Let the let the winner have the interim title, because you you have this idea that whenever nobody's going to come out of that heavyweight fight between DC and Stebe unscathed. <laughs> if, if DC wins, he's going to retire anyway. That leaves the belt in flux. So if you have an interim champ already assigned, boom, they just become the undisputed champ much like we saw with Robert Whittaker. Yeah. Um, and then if you go with, you know, if Stipe wins, Stipe will most likely retire. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not going to fight Francis Ganu again and yeah. risk getting hit uh, in that eye after another fight with DC. Same thing with Rosenstruck. Uh, so DC most likely will retire. Or, I'm sorry, Stipe most likely will retire. So it makes sense to make this for an interim title because that person will then just transition into the undisputed role Once these other two inevitably ride off into the sunset. It's a great call.
1: Yeah. You know what would look really good is, I will say, the belt would look really nice around Francis Ngannou. Almost as nice as the shaving that he does in the side of his head. Yeah? Yeah. He's got a nice little fade. He's got a nice little, uh, what would you call, lightning bolt on the side of his head. There's only one way that you can actually probably perfect that and do it. And that's got to be with a lawnmower 3.0.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're not using the Lawnmower 3.0 by Manscaped, you definitely need something that has the RPMs that the Lawnmower does. Mm -hmm. And if you look at those 70,000 RPMs that the the Lawnmower is using, you need something high quality to get those lines in there. And if you're going to put lines in, you better have skin-safe technology. And I think that's where the Lawnmower 3.0 probably sets itself apart from whatever clippers he's using. Yeah. Is the skin-safe technology that you see with the Manscape products?
1: For sure, it's like you said in our first, you know, episode when Manscape came on board. Recently, I think it's just more so because I need a thrill because I'm in quarantine. But (laughs) I literally have been trying to cut my dick off. Right. I've been trying to do it. I can't cut my dick off.
0: You probably just can't get a hold of it. You know.
1: (laughs) No, seriously, I'm coming at it like a full on like Freddy Krueger style, just jamming down in it, trying to get in the nooks and crannies. But, you know, that safeguard, I'm telling you, it is safe.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. So it's a weird visual, by the way, is you trying to self-inflict harm uh, using using skin safe technology. That would be like running with uh, running with child safe scissors and trying to get hurt. That's a very strange, strange way to to look at things. (laughs)
1: well you become an artist is what it is you you spend your time in the bathroom and it's i true. will say this the awkward pieces are like when your wife or a girlfriend or whoever comes in knocks on the door and you're like Ocupado! you know because you are taking your time you're an artist and people need to understand that when that door is shut you know the, the music comes on and you become artistic
0: that's true you, you need time you get you need a glass of red wine and you got to relax and luckily when you order your lawnmower they send you some cutouts, or not cutouts, rather, but some, some play-by-play, step-by-step design inspirations to help you out. I know that you and yeah. I had talked about with St. Patty's Day. They had the clover leaf. And we yeah. pulled it up the other day. There's more than even a clover leaf. I mean, there's a, oh. there, there was a star. Um, what, uh, what was there? Was like a, wasn't there one like a, with like a moon and a star or something uh, like that too? There's all kinds yeah. of stuff, man. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah, yeah. If you you know the like people talk about like, you know, girls with, with with the runway. You know what I mean? You can shave yours to look like a seven thirty seven, if need be.
1: The only way that you can do that is use our code punch punch will get you 20% off and free shipping. So if you want to make it look like you're flying into JFK airport and you got that landing strip dead center, use the code punch and you will get 20% off and free shipping.
0: That's right. That's right. All right. Let's put a bow on this thing, man. Let's keep it short and sweet tonight. One last thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, before we sign off. For the night. What do you think I want to talk to you about?
1: Uh, I just talked about chopping my dick off, so I know it's not that. Um, i sure
0: you did just talk to me about that.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: We hit a thousand subs on YouTube, oh, bro.
1: That's right. We did.
0: We hit a thousand subs on YouTube. In 14 episodes, we went from zero to 1k um i'm blown away man that's it's the most excited and the the quickest amount of feedback i've ever gotten on a project in my entire life has been this zero to 14 or zero to a thousand and 14 episodes unbelievable super humbled man super humbled
1: yeah you know it's it's attributed to a couple of things. One, it could either be your guys's platform for like Dale said in the last episode, there's that office guy that talks a bunch of MMA stuff and you want a little bit of a foundation or some intricacies to you know combat what he's saying or make a a youthful fun conversation or if you're looking to make some money, this is a great platform. Or if you have some sick fantasy about Dale's delicious beard and my awesome Hawaiian shirts, then that's probably why you subscribed. But yep. either way, we kind of cover everything, and we appreciate everyone's support.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, if we keep getting the type of fan mail that we've been getting, I think maybe we might need to open up an OnlyFans account.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: Things get really dicey. Start supplementing the income. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> but um Besides going to OnlyFans, you guys can all go to our social channels at Punchlist MMA on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and then always check in, guys. Um, you know we record our episodes on Tuesday night; they launch on Wednesday. On Tuesday, we'll always do a little cheers, a beer recommendation to us at Chat at Punchlist MMA. We'll source it, find it, drink it, talk about it, have some fun on our episode next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. The only thing you won't see on our social channels, we try to cover everything, but those of you that keep emailing and DMing us asking for pictures of Trey's feet, we will not be sharing those (laughs) online. So those are something that if we do an OnlyFans, if you want pictures of Trey's feet, uh, you'll have to get them through there. But in the meantime, if you want to send Trey pictures of feet, by all means, that's something that he's totally into. Go ahead and send them. Go ahead and send him some pictures. Oh, Go ahead and send him some feet pics. My man absolutely loves them. He's so mad at me for saying this right now. Uh nothing would make him happier. But yeah, that's about it, guys. Appreciate everybody's support. Uh like, subscribe, share, and uh we'll catch you guys next week.
1: Yeah. Cheers.